Our scripture for Monday Thursday is Matthew chapter 27, verses 1 through 10. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans for how they were going to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and he returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is this to us, they replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, it is against the law for us to put this into the treasury since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field as the Lord had commanded me. This is the word of God for us today. Today, we see a tale of two betrayals. Before we get back to Judas's story, let us take a minute and look at Peter's betrayal through his denial of Jesus. The last time we saw Peter is when he followed Jesus into Caiaphas' house and watched the trial. Then, after Jesus was convicted by the Sanhedrin, he left Caiaphas' house and was immediately recognized as someone who was with Jesus by a servant girl passing through. He denied this association, saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Then he went through a gateway and was immediately recognized by another servant girl who said, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. Peter again denied it. Sometime later, a group approached Peter saying, surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then Peter began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Just then the rooster crowed. And Peter realized what he had done, and he wept bitterly. We've already seen Judas's betrayal. For a mere 30 pieces of silver, he hands Jesus over. And in the passage we read today, we see the aftermath of Judas's betrayal. He has regret. He felt remorse for his actions, but it was too late. Jesus was already in the hands of the Romans, and Judas's actions played a huge part in that. It seems like Judas's remorse and guilt led to some strong emotions and eventually drove Judas to commit suicide. So what separates Peter's betrayal from Judas's? Why does Matthew put these two stories right here in this passing narrative in ways that intersect and juxtapose each other? Maybe we need to go back, back to the table. After all, it is Monday, Thursday, the day the table of God was instituted, and Judas came to the table to be with Christ and the disciples after betraying Jesus. He came with what we have to imagine is some anxious energy and with a fear that his hand would be caught in the cookie jar. But Peter, on the other hand, came with good intentions. He came to the Passover meal with no guilt in his heart. But Jesus alludes to the fact that he already knows at that table that Judas and Peter would betray him. And we see the differences in both of those people's actions and reactions. 
Peter said that there isn't anything in the world that would make him deny knowing Christ, even unto death. But Judas, who knows what he's already done, and it even seems like he knows that Jesus knows what he's done, he denies it. He pretends he is innocent. It isn't until Judas sees Jesus bound and led to the Roman officials that he grapples with the magnitude of his actions. While Judas's betrayal was premeditated and of great consequence, Peter's betrayal affected only his own heart and his own conscience. Were the sins of Peter and Judas really that different from one another? After all, Jesus teaches that sins are kind of equal. He says in Matthew 5 that if you have anger in your hearts, you'll be subject to judgment just as if you were subject to committing murder. You'd be judged in the same way. So perhaps the difference between the severity of Peter and Judas's betrayal can be distinguished by their existing relationship with Jesus. Peter was one of his closest friends and followers. And while Judas followed Christ, we don't know much about his relationship with Christ other than his betrayal. What is clear is that Peter's proximity to Jesus impacted how he responded to the denial of Christ, to his own sin. And maybe we can draw the conclusions that Judas's proximity does the same thing. In tumult and in strife, Peter and Judas respond differently. Peter keeps moving and eventually receives forgiveness for his, de for his denial and restoration in the kingdom. Peter becomes the rock that Christ builds the church on. But after Judas' suicide, we don't know what happens to him. But we do know is that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demon, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, or anything at all can separate us from God's love, which is through Jesus Christ our Lord. It is their proximity to Christ that dictates their response to facing the consequences of their actions. That seems likely, but perhaps Peter took the affirmation that Jesus had given him before and used it as a reminder, as a reminder of his promised future and turned that promise into enough hope to make a difference in his life. So what is your response in, in times of great stress? Do you run closer to God as Peter eventually does, or do you run away like Judas does? Because God can work with both of those responses, and God follows us to the ends of the earth in pursuit of us. So when you place yourself in Peter's shoes or Judas's shoes, what echoes in your soul? Through all of the tumult and the strife, I hear that music ringing. It finds out. 